once you get out there and you sell yourself and you sell what you're what they've got to offer and things like that it's just everything will fall into place as long as like you said you have that community outreach and the community behind you and we got to have the community behind us to keep our doors open awesome sean I'm super stoked for this. I really appreciate you coming on. I know we talked about this for a while and uh, here you are for the people watching who have not had the pleasure of meeting you. Tell us really quick who you are and uh, the center you're with. I'm Sean Mathis. I'm with Oakwood Bowl in Enid, Oklahoma. Um, we're a family owned 40 lane house, still up and running. We run in leagues and everything else. Mm -hmm. And so this is probably what your maybe third or fourth uh, part of your career or, or position. I'd love to hear a little bit of how you you got to this point because I know you've been all over. You've you know served the country. You've you've done some sales positions. How do you end up you know running a, a bowling center? Well, long story short is I grew up in Enid. I was nine when I moved here, so thirty years ago, thirty one years ago, and. Uh, from there, you know, I just came out. They started a after-school bus program. I was one of the very first kids to do the after-school bus program. And 30 years later, it's still running today. Wow. As of yesterday, we put on the floor. We did our Monday bus or different schools. We put on 57 kids, I believe, on the lanes. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I served my country. I was in the Army. Um, I have sold cars. I've done everything. And then... When the military sent me back to Enid, Oklahoma, you know, it was, I found my wife mm. and I found my direction, I guess. Yeah. And uh, from that point forward, Grandpa Jack, who originally built this place and passed away six years ago, he uh, he took a, a chance on me, let's put it that way. Okay. And uh, he gave me a job running the restaurant. And from there, I've ran the restaurant. I work in the back. I can, you name it. Uh, I pretty much am there to do it. And right. so right now I'm, like you said, I'm running the center. My in-laws who now own it, they, uh, they're here. They still do their owner duties, pay the bills, show mm -hmm. up every morning, do the books and things like that. Uh, um, but I'm able to make it so they can have some time off and enjoy, you know, living the life that they have right. set for themselves with the bowling industry. Um, so today I, just today, I mean, just hours ago, I got off the phone with uh, Coke Nitrogen and we're trying to get some guys out there to join our trunk or treat. So, I mm -hmm. mean, we do everything out here. Our youth leagues are mm -hmm. the way to the future because the kids, if we don't have kids in the center, you you don't have a bowling center anymore. Right. I don't yeah. Think. You don't have customers tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a bunch of different directions I like to take it because, like you said, you guys do do everything. Um, I think one of the highlights or one of the big ones, and, and it's kind of coming up here, is the trunk or treat. Um, let's talk a little bit about that because it might be one of the biggest in the country and definitely probably the biggest for any kind of bowling center. Um, talk a little bit about the part, uh, journey to get to that because, and I think you're coming up on what, 10 years this year? This year's year 10. Um, the first year we signed up, we actually signed up to do like a scare on the square. And they called us a couple weeks prior to the event, and they said, hey, guys, sorry, we're canceling it. Well, we'd already bought the candy. We've already done, you know, we we were hooked up, ready to go. Right. And uh, when they canceled it, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? 
And so me and my wife and the other staff here at the bowling center, we put our brains together and we came up with a trunk or treat. And so I called like 10 or 12 of my closest friends. And I was like, hey, guys, I need you to put in a trunk, bring out some candy. Let's do this. And that first year we had 500 kids. Wow. Not too bad. Year number nine, I had 74 trunks, 3,500 kids. Wow. This That's year, huge. yeah. That it's very huge. This year, <laughs> I just calculated and we're a month and a half, a little over two months away almost. And yeah, we're right at two months. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have 79 trunks, spaces already taken, paid for, ready to go. Um, I just got permission from the city. We're going to have fireworks out here. We're doing a huge, the chamber's coming out. We're going to do a huge ribbon cutting. Mm. I spoke to the newspaper this morning. They're going to try to be here. I'm looking at 106 to 107 filled spots this year and if everything goes good and we see the increase that we have seen since covid um we're probably looking at about five thousand kids wow people that's massive that's like a a concert you know (laughs) it is yeah it's it's the biggest in this town and we have churches that call me and say hey when are you doing your trunk or treat literally (laughs) two weeks after we end because they don't want to be interfering with it right yeah they don't want to compete that's cool. So what does that look like logistically and, you know, how does it help the center to give me a little bit about maybe the uh, inside baseball on, on what, what, you know, you guys are doing for that. So inside the center, we don't technically close, but we close the road. So to get to our facility, you have to walk. Hmm. And so on that day, it's basically a hit or miss if we make any money or not. Okay. Um, generally it's more community. We're yeah. basically giving it to the community and opening our facility. We let them come in. We hand out thousands of free game passes. But in the long run, honestly, logistically, I think that it builds morale because they say 1% of 1% have ever been inside your bowling center. Right. And so when I sit down and look at it, if I bring 5,000 people, that's 5,000 people that haven't seen my center. Right. Or have seen my center, but haven't been here in a year. So it's time to bring them back. Mm -hmm. And the more people that I can bring back and show what we are doing in-house, I feel that they'll book more parties, they'll book more events with us. And whenever there's like, oh, there's nothing to do. It's 110 degrees outside. The first thing they're going to hear is Oakwood Bowl air conditioning. Right. They have bumper cars. <laughs> I love that. So you're really playing the long game, not making any money on the day of, but reminding them that you're there and just getting 5,000 people in your vicinity. I love that kind of longer, longer term approach. Cause a lot of times we talk to people with marketing, they're like, show me the dollar I made today on the dollar I spent today. So we'll, we'll hop in. So the, uh, the truck or treat, you're taking a long-term approach, trying to get them in for a year, um, handing out a ton of free game passes. So do you see a lot of those come back through throughout the course of the, the, the season? We actually do. We have 200 locations that give out a little free game pass that say, hey, our location is offering this free game of bowling. Um, but we do certain colors, and those colors we see back. We, we see quite a few of them come back. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's times that they'll finish going through the trunk or treat line, and since they're already in the parking lot, they'll just go ahead and come in, rent shoes, and go bowling. So right. We have we have seen that. No, we're not making a whole lot of money, but we got them in the door that day. So 
bring mm-hmm. them back. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, the free press that you're getting from the newspaper, the attention, and then, I mean, just having that many people there. And you, do you pretty much break even on the event with like the sponsorships and whatnot? So basically, the trunks that come in, they pay a minimal fee of ten dollars mm. to park, and that money actually goes to our youth scholarship oh, accounts. Cool. Mm-hmm. That way, if the youth are involved in the trunk or treat in any way, like their parents put in a trunk or they brought a whole bunch of candy or anything like that, they get rewarded in the long run um, for that. And it's not just Oakwood Bowl. I mean, we've I've stepped out of the center and I've got a couple sponsors that, you know, they're, they're big time sponsors. We're looking at KOFM, which is a Williams Media Group, and they... Mm own our radio station and they give advertising and they put me on the radio quite a bit. And Pepsi, Pepsi is a forefront runner with us for the trunk mm. tree. Very cool. Yeah. I'm sure that's a perfect uh, match for, for them as well. Um, cool. So basically just a way to get attention, get some people in there. And it sounds like it's pretty massive though. Like people must really love it. It's it a lot of attention. It gets a lot of attention. We, like I said, we have to shut down roads because the line is just so long that they're in line in the road. And for the safety of the kids and the parents and the grandparents, we shut down the roads. We shut down as much as we can. We bus them from where they're parking to here Mm. to kind of cut down on any um, wrecks or accidents or anything. And we try to play as safe a game as we can for the number of people that we're bringing in here. And, Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel that it has been a blessing in you know the ten years that we've been doing this. It's been a real blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really cool, unique kind of uh, position uh, you know approach that you guys have with it. Super cool, you know, and really involved in the community. Speaking of which, that's kind of what I want to talk about next. Is you do a really good job of getting out into the community, getting out of the center, talking to local companies and organizations. I'd love to hear maybe a little bit about your approach on how you do that, how you get out, maybe what you say to them to try to get it, you know, get out there and get people coming in. Cause I think you do a good job of that. So when I used to sell cars, they, they take you through the sales training and they pound it in your head. There's two things you need to sell. You need to sell yourself first. Mm. If you cannot sell yourself, you lost the sell. There's right. no questions about it. So if you can sell yourself, secondly, you'll sell what you're selling. So I have always learned that if I go in, I always take, you know, some free game passes or some family passes or some coupons for something. Or I take, you know, we open the pizzeria over there. So I take in a pizza and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm Sean from Oakwood Bowl. Here's my pizzeria. Um, Here's some free game passes. Here's some stuff for your employees to bring back to me and give them a fair chance to come out and have some fun. And once I get that first initial, I try to go back a week or two later and, you know, just sit down with what I have to offer. Um, The biggest hurdle that I've had is some of the corporations. They don't care. They they, you can sell yourself all day long, but they're not buying. So you just got to find the right person inside those corporations that is looking for, hey, my employees do deserve. an incentive to mm-hmm. show up every day and the world that we're in of people just not wanting to work for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. Can I get a paycheck, but I don't want to do anything for my paycheck. Um, 
you have to kind of show the outskirts of everything of, hey, let's do an incentive, which, you know, as an employer, we, I myself am bad about, you know, hey, guys, you did a great job. Here's something to reward you for the job that I've seen you do. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to get better. But I'm also trying to show different businesses that I'm doing exactly what I'm asking them to do with me. Mm-hmm. So like Texas Roadhouse is opening next door. And so they do a trade fifty uh, dollar for dollar. So what I was thinking was do a bowling evening for one of their employees and we'll have a dinner evening for one of our employees. Mm. In the yeah. So it's it. Once you sell yourself, the only way you're not going to have that sell is the moment you ruin their trust. Ruin their trust basically is the number one. If once that's gone, you're done. Yeah. I mean, that business is out. Yeah. It's tough to come back. Right. So now do you do that? How do you work that in your schedule? I mean, cause you're, you're running this place, you know, you're, you're on the move 20 hours a day. How do you fit that in there? Is it something you do during errands? Do you have specific days where you do that or, or routes or how do you work those visits in? Cause it, it is somewhat time consuming. It is very time consuming. And to tell you the truth, I'm real bad about, you know, my calendar is crazy all the time. So if I'm out running an errand and I see some new business or I see someone that I've spoke to recently, I try to make it a point to talk to them. Mm. Yet if I'm at Staples or if I'm at Walmart or, you know, at the gas station, I go and sit and have lunch with some of my buddies. So I try to, you know, work it into my schedule. But more than likely, it's more of a, when I'm out running errands, I have, hey, I got 10 minutes before I have my mm-hmm. next meeting. I'm going to run over here and say hi and yeah. see how everybody's doing over here. Okay. So, you know, you always got some game cards in the car prepared to, to walk in any time. And maybe once in a while, you, you have the pizza ready to go, too. You know, I can make a phone call. Hey, get me a pizza ready. I'll be in yeah. five minutes to pick it up. And they'll have yeah. it ready for me. And I'll roll mm-hmm. through. Yeah, because so. I, think, I think that's the tough part is how do you work it in? Because it is... You know, have dedicated blocks of time to that can be tough. But if you're already out and about and it's just a matter of 10 minutes to stop in, say hi, it's not like you have to do a half hour sales presentation. It's just, hey, I'm Sean. Here's what we have to offer. Love to see you in there sometime. And a lot of times before I leave, if it's if I walk into a business for the first time, I walk in and I'm like, hey, I'm Sean. I give them this spill. And then I'm like, is there sometime next week we can sit down and do lunch or I can have you out at the bowling alley and show you what we have to offer mm-hmm. in person. And so a lot of times I can normally get an appointment set with me face to face within a week or so. Yeah. Really smart. And especially if you can get them to come to you, right? That really cuts down on your logistics. Plus you're like, Hey, well, come and see the place for yourself. If once you get them in the door, they're hooked because right. I mean, once they can see what exactly they're buying, they're sold. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't run a whole lot of staff during the day. But we run enough that if someone was to walk in the door and they're looking for one of us, they can find us and we can go show them, you know, the clutch bowling, the bumper cars, the 8,000 square foot arcade. I mean, my mother-in-law is down making candles right now because one of our fundraisers is candles. But we keep a candle case full of candles so we can always show customers candles. I mean, Mm -hmm. we always have something that we have to offer available at all times. On hand. On yeah. hand. Yeah. No, that, that's really cool. That, that's a, a great point of 
like you said, once they see it, they're hooked because they can see the fun to be had. Whereas if you're just explaining it, it's it's not the same as experiencing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The the demo is is the best sale, right? Correct. <laughs> test test drive is as back in your car selling days. That's right. Once they that. get to feel it and they get to call it theirs, it's mm-hmm. theirs. Right. It's over. <laughs> I love that. Well, so I want to talk about one other thing that you guys do differently um, before we go on to maybe some of the big improvements you guys have been doing, but um, the fireworks. So, you know, I think that's something that's really cool because it's all seasonal, right? And most yes, centers tend to struggle in the summer, at least the ones kind of, you know, in, in the north of the U.S. Um, struggle in the summer. Talk to me about how you guys got into the fireworks and how that plays out with the seasonality. Just, you know, give us the, the lowdown. So my wife's dad owns fireworks stands out in Guyman. And when her mom and him were married, they sold fireworks. Well, then he bought the fireworks business. And since they have divorced and um, she still continues to sell fireworks for them. So 13 years ago, 14 years ago, something like that. I don't even know anymore. Years are just smashing together. Um, I got the opportunity to go to Boy City and sell fireworks with them over the 4th of July. And I was hooked. At, you know, when I tell you, <laughs> you sell yourself, you've got to sell yourself to sell fireworks too. Right. So I was like, man, this is amazing. It's hard work. And it's hot. But yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, it's so rewarding to see the smiles on everyone's face. I, mm-hmm. I just, it's rewarding in center and it's rewarding whenever I'm out doing the fireworks and things like that, just to see the kids and the, shoot the adults. Some of the adults are more excited than the kids <laughs> right. when it comes to fireworks. <laughs> so a few years ago, there was a burn ban out in Boy City. And I looked at my father in law and I said, Dad, we need to move to Enid. He said, you have a month <laughs> find a location. <laughs> wow. So since then we found a location and we've just been selling fireworks right here in Enid, Oklahoma mm-hmm. for about five years now. So wow, um, relationships, mm. relationships is a big, big thing. If they don't like you in center, they're not going to like you for anything else that you want right. to venture out and do. Mm-hmm. And so since I've built some great relationships, we've had, We've had a lot of success in fireworks. We've had a lot of success in the bowling center. We've, you know, we we try to branch out and do just whatever we can in the community and for the community. And if it seems right, then we try to do it. I mean, if, like I said, we're very blessed in what we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's very apparent, you know, we, we, we're working on this pilot program for community outreach to, to get some events. And it, it's half the time they would make the calls they'd be like oh yeah we know those guys we love those guys and it's it's just it's an easy sell to hey have your event with these guys because they already know who you are um and i think that it's something for a lot of proprietors to work towards to be out there and and known and and, uh, not just known but well liked like you have a a lot of goodwill towards your center in the community because of these things that you guys do all the time yeah and you know honestly when I first got into the business and I started working with grandpa. He's like, whatever you do, the people out there, they don't like you. So I got out of the center, you know, I'm going to go. I, when I sold cars, it was, you get out of the center, you'll find someone that wants a car, bring them back to you. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, grandpa, you're right. You've been doing this for a long time, but the ways of the world are changing. 
So I stepped out of the center. And since then, I believe that the relationships that we have with people have just grown tremendously. Yeah. Every one of our leagues are sponsored by a different business. I don't have a single league that's sponsored by two businesses other than I have uh, Jack's Outdoor Power. They sponsor the Vegas League, but they also like to sponsor Youth League, which we have three Youth League sponsors. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's one of those that once you get out there and you sell yourself and you sell what you're what they've got to offer and things like that. It's just everything will fall into place as long as, like you said, you have that community outreach and the community behind you. And we got to have the community behind us to keep our doors open because if we didn't have the community behind us, you know, Mm -hmm. we'd be, uh, for lack of better terms, up a creek, you know, (laughs) because, Yeah, we wouldn't have been in this place. We opened in 1976. This center did. And at the time there was two of them. And now we're just we're the only center left and we're 40 lanes. So, right. Do I have all 40 lanes full all the time? No. But do I make enough money on the few lanes that I have consistently to keep the doors open? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Take care of the uh, the community. They'll take care of you. Right. Correct. So I'd love to jump a little bit to maybe some of the renovations that you guys have made, not only recently, but like uh, going on like now that you just made. Um, talk to me a little bit about that journey, because I know you guys are heavily reinvesting in your center, which is something that not everyone does. Um, that You guys are really going in with two feet. Talk to me a little bit about that, maybe the, the bumper cars and the clutch bowling and maybe the, uh, a couple of different things you guys have going on. Okay, so... First and foremost, grandpa always taught us that you always have to reinvest in your business. If you don't reinvest in your business, then it's going to look like it's old and outdated and people aren't going to want to come. So when I first got, when I first got back from the military, they started a renovation on the front. We opened the front with this huge entranceway and I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, what are we going to do on the inside? And they're like, oh, well, you know. So a few years later, we lifted the floor because we had a little four-inch step up to the approach. We Mm. leveled all that out, and we put some nice blue tile down there. It's um, I don't remember what tile, but the casinos are now using it a lot. Mm. So we were able to cut bowling pins in it and bowling balls with flames on them. They're they're pretty (laughs) cool. Yeah. Um, So we did that, and then – my mother-in-law's father bought, built some uh, couches. We have custom couches here that look like oh, bowling wow. pins. They're, they're really cool. Yeah. You haven't been here yet. We got to get you an eating. <laughs> I'm going to be there. Um, yeah, I want to see it. So recently, we have closed our bar. We used to have an 80,500-square-foot bar. The bar scene just isn't what it used to be. Mm. So we, when the last As lease came to is that a recent change or just, you know, over the last 10 years kind of thing? Uh, the last two years. Okay. Two and a half years. Okay. Um, they came to us and said, hey, the laws in Oklahoma have changed. We can't have two liquor licenses in one building. Um, so I think we're out. And we're like, okay, you know, cool. Bye. <laughs> um, so my mother-in-law for years has been, hey, let's turn the bar into an arcade. And so the bar was gone. And nobody was jumping on to lease a bar anymore. So mm-hmm. we went in and we completely redid the bar area. 
now it is an 8,000 square foot arcade. Wow. We also have um, how many games? Candy in there, like novelty candy and sodas. Mm. We have an ice cream shop. Mm. We do have a party room. It's in the very back of it, but it seats, I want to say, 30 people total. So it's not a huge party room, but it's mm-hmm. a party room. Yeah. And then at the same time we did that, we're like, well, what are we going to do with the 1,200 square foot that we're taking the arcade out of and moving over to the bar? So we found bumper cars. Mm, right. Um, amusement products. They have <laughs> great bumper cars. They have one that flips around in circles, like always. I mean, mm-hmm. regular bumper cars. And we have four of those. But then we're like, we need something, some wow factors. So they have a thing called Flip Zone. It flips end over end like this when you oh, cool. push a button or get hit. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, we got three of those and we're like, man, these things are amazing. Right. Um, we had to tear out the whole west side of the building, basically the door, the entryway, just to get them in because they were so oh, big. Yeah. Right. And my father in law wrote it from outside, inside the building um upside down so that was pretty cool so he got to ride one ride one in upside down yeah. and my mother-in-law got to ride the first real one inside the building and wow they came in and about a week later they had us up and running and we're just going from that point forward so fast forward to this last spring um we updated the amf cubica system to conquer x we updated to conquer x and then we installed Clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, remember the whole hands-on thing? My mother-in-law and father-in-law, my wife actually drove to Plano, Texas to see Jamie Brooks. Okay. Um, center there um, at Plano Super Bowl. And they actually had mm. Clutch. That's why they went down there and to check it out. And I think we were pretty sold after they went down there and seen it. Um, so now on the first 12 lanes, we have a curtain running down lane 12 and 13 and we have clutch on the first 12 lanes and clutch is pretty cool. It yeah. You can do a lot of cool things with it. There's a lot of training. If you have a bowler that's mm. diehard, want to get better, the Kegel system that the Specto Kegel, it, it is very well. I mean, it has a lot of um, training for training objects that you can do to get better. Um, they also have a lot of, for the kids, you know, every day it seems like that you see something different that you mm-hmm. didn't see and so they have yeah it's it's doing very well and then you sell that like a, a like an add-on or a separate product or how do you guys sell that so clutch right now is sold as an hour different product than traditional mm-hmm. bowling mm-hmm. Um, we also offer it for like corporate parties because it is closed off so they can use that as corporate parties down there I see. like a vip section kind of yeah. thing yeah very cool and then we have a little meeting room behind it that um, we can offer for like catering and things like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So you guys really have a, a perfect setup then for those corporate events to be able to. We have do. Um, we really do. Some corporate parties are bigger than others, but you know what? At the end of the day, if I can offer them everything I have to offer them and they have come out and they have a great time, they're going to think about me next year. Right. Yep, exactly. Once you get them to rebook, then get them in the habit, then you're building a you know recurring business model, like yeah, a league, and right? Exactly. A league is just like that, right? Exactly. Instead of every week, it's just once a year, but you got to get more of them. But they're a much bigger ticket. 
That is correct. Yeah. And, and they book everything. They don't know if they're bringing kids. So they're like, yeah, we got to have arcade cards. Well, some of our adults may like the bumper cars. Hey, is there any way mm. we can have a private um, liquor down here? And we're like, yep, yeah, we got a way to do that. We have a mobile liquor cart that we can take down there and just do a private um, spot for them. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's something I've really been uh, talking to proprietors about is that one of the benefits of those corporate events. So we call them corporate. Some people think like, oh, we don't have any big corporations in our town. Corporate is just a, a, an adjective, right? It could be a, a team of you know, a roofing company who has a, a, a crew of 10 people. It doesn't need to be a massive corporation, but just anytime you have like a team event, one of the things that they are different from maybe like a birthday party is that they have a lot less price sensitivity because for them, it's an investment. They're investing in their employees' morale and productivity and their, you know, how their, their ability to work as a team. So for them, there's actually a return on it. They're willing to spend a lot more than someone who's just trying to have a birthday party for their, their young child. Correct. And the team building thing, the cool thing with the, the Cubica aspect of it and the clutch together, the clutch has a team building opportunity, but so does AMF, the Conquer mm. program. They have a team building program that um, businesses, if you have AMF, you can actually look at doing it on the lanes for your corporate events because they do offer um, team building opportunities on the games and stuff. Yeah. Tell me about that. How how does that work? I haven't heard of that. So I know one of them is, uh, the U-Tunes. It's a game that they can play down there that has different cartoons. Mm -hmm. And I know the way it was told to me was like the boss can take a picture at the front desk and we can put it on there as a team building picture. Mm -hmm. And that boss will go through all the lanes that they have opened at the same time. And they, as they throw the ball, they, you know, they're trying to hit him in the face with a pie, or, okay. <laughs> you know, things like that. It's just kind yeah. of a, just kind of a real fun little, right. We need to pie the boss in the face or we need to get to see the boss dressed as a girl or, you know, different <laughs> things. Right. Right. Uh, awesome cartoons. You know, YouTunes is, is probably a major seller when it comes to kids and adults, both because the kids love cartoons and the mm-hmm. adults it's got, you know, just that little twisted humor in a lot of it. So, yeah, you know, parents and children like it a lot, in uh, both different directions too. So mm-hmm. it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're selling fun, anytime you can add to that fun, it's a better product, right? Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. in the entertainment business, you have to sell fun mm-hmm. because if you're not selling fun, they're not enjoying it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why would they get up and leave when they can just sit at home on their phone? You know, it's the way of the movies, you know, movies come out on Netflix and all of that, Hulu and all of that, mm-hmm. what, a couple days later. So, yeah, we don't need movie theaters because I can sit on my couch in my pajamas and eat my popcorn that I didn't pay $12 for. Right. <laughs> exactly. Whereas <laughs> with, uh, you know, family entertainment centers and it's not just the the activity, but also the camaraderie of going out with the, the friends and family or Correct. employees. Mm. So it's real hard to take a corporate business to a movie theater and be like, yeah, I've got 40 people. And they're like, that's 800 bucks because you have 40 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're just going to sit in a movie theater together, you know, watching the same movie. Yeah, exactly. Not a great option. Um, I'd love, so tell me, you know, you guys have reinvested a lot. What has that done for the business as far as, you know, like how has it been successful for you guys? Does it bring in more people? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that side of things. We, 
this is this is where it gets hairy for me because I'm not 100% into that area of the owners mm-hmm. are still, you know, they we still have our meetings and we talk that business is doing great and we still see faces that we don't see and things like that. But mm-hmm. as for what I have seen throughout the years with the changes, I have seen a lot more growth in the in the facility mm-hmm. and with that growth comes bigger responsibilities. And with those Mm. responsibilities, you always got to make sure everything's running right. And Mm. because those people are coming in, they would, they expect everything to be tip top shape and not dirty and things like that. So on my end, I have seen a lot of growth when it comes to customers in the facility and customer expectations. Mm. And so as long as you can, meet the customer expectations, the customer growth is always going to, it's not going to be substantial, but every little bit counts. So if we can get one family to call and say, Hey guys, family reunion, we're bringing in an extra five more people because we were there and the success that we have seen with the growth that we're doing, um, it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword when it comes to growth. And on one side, you know, you want to keep that growth going. And on the other side, it can disappear just like that if one thing is messed up. So I I personally have seen a lot of growth inside of the bowling center with the changes that have been made by the owners. Mm -hmm. But you're saying with that comes a higher standard or expectation from the the customers. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. So increased business comes increased responsibility. Correct. So then, and, and at um, the same time, when we were talking about staffing issues, that that change that you have to make sure that you're implementing is the staff wise because you bring more stuff, you got to have more staff to right. operate that more stuff, and so it, it opens the doors for more employees, but it also opens the door for someone calls in, man, you're going to have to cover it because there's no one else, right. Yeah, adds a, I guess it, I guess it adds a lot of complexity, you know, to add it really to product lines. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So the the other question I had, and maybe this is something you don't know as much about, or maybe you're you're involved in it, is when you guys are assessing these product lines, is it more of a gut feel? Is it more crunching the numbers, or how do you guys choose? Hey, this is a major reinvestment we're going to make. What do you? How do you make that decision of whether or not to do it? So with the clutch, we did a lot of homework. We do a lot of homework about everything. We crunch the numbers. We see return investment. We have to, it's it's a month to two month process of us just gathering information and sitting in this office right here, gathering and um, telling everybody what we're fearful of if we do bring this or what we're excited about or what we could change. And it it's it's a process. It really is. And if you don't have that process, I think you just kind of go by a gut feeling and something mm-hmm. could happen in the long run. But the only time we ever really look at something is if someone's having one of those aha moments, you know, aha, this would be great. But then comes the homework because we want to make sure if we're going to do something great, we do it with all that we are instead of just, oh, yeah, that'll be great. Let's do it. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it just sits there right now in, in this homework is this you know back of a napkin or dump a bunch of things into a, a excel spreadsheet or how are you guys doing those calculations uh back of napkins 
Mm. We're still old school. <laughs> <laughs> so just a matter of here's what it's going to cost. Here's what we think it'll increase. Here's what, what the payoff yeah. terms are going to be. Correct. Do you have like a target of like how quickly you want things to pay off as your cutoff or what's like, what, what do you guys look for as like good signs of. See, that's not my uh, wheelhouse. Mm. I, I'm not into that. That's more um, Jim and Sandy. They, they have what they target reach on that. I just help figure out what would be awesome in this place. Sure. Yeah, I like it. The upside. <laughs> well, and actually that, that brings up a good point. It's something I did want to discuss with you. Cause I think another thing you guys do really well is kind of make decisions as a team. Um, because you know, you guys all have different perspectives and I, I've seen some old school proprietors where it's just their, their way or the highway. And it seems like they, you know, listen to you a lot and, you know, they still might ultimately make a decision, but you guys have a good, you know, team decision-making process. Can you speak to a little bit of, about that or what that looks like for you guys? So ever since I've been doing this, we've always had Monday morning meetings. Do they happen every Monday? No. Mm -hmm. 90% of the time we try to get the Monday morning meetings in and we bring in our managers and we bring in Jim and Sandy and we bring in everybody and we want to sit down and we want to see, you know, what we have going on for the week um, what we can do to help each other out. If they've heard any complaints from customers, employees, anything like that, we want to make sure that it's always addressed. Mm -hmm. And because if anything goes unaddressed, it's always going to be there. And the sooner you can get it addressed and taken care of, the sooner people are more excited about it. Right. Yeah. No, that quick. And uh, just like a, uh, uh, an agenda that you guys follow each week or just kind of off the cuff or how do you guys do that? We do a little bit of both. Uh, my mother-in-law is real meticulous about making, you know, she'll sit there during the week and she'll make herself a note. Hey, we need to discuss this on Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, and then of course, you know, we do open the floor to everybody. Hey, how's everything going? Is there anything you need to talk about? Anything like that? But mm -hmm. we try to go off of mom's list and then whatever um, the rest of us need that way all aspects are covered mm -hmm. yeah i like that because you got everybody together in one spot and you know instead of having to bring things out to everybody at all different times it's like hey add it to the list and then we can address everything all at once i, I think that's a really good way to go about it and and if we do if we do have to get stuff out to the staff we always try to have like a little staff get together we've done fish fries we've done mm. uh, breakfast we've done all kinds of different little things just to get them together and we try to feed them and take care of them because we know they're going to be here for about an hour or whatever we're right. here for. And, you know, Make we can work their while. We, exactly. We want them to know that they're looked at as family, just the same as we are in the family. Mm -hmm. There's another one. I love that. Um, well, so, Sean, I know we're coming up towards the, the top of the hour. Um, I'd love to hear maybe your quick take on where you see things going, maybe the next 12, 18 months. Maybe both for Oakwood, but also maybe the industry in general. Like, where do you think, where do you see things going in the next 12, 18 months? So, um, for me personally here at Oakwood, I see that, you know, we've teamed up with BAM. You know, BAM is, BAM has done great. They, they're always out there. And I tell everybody that calls me and they're like, hey, Sean, someone called me. They said they were your assistant. I was like, guys, I'm so busy. I've had to hire an assistant. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come and see me. Let me show you what we have to offer to you, mm -hmm. you know? So um, in Oakwood, I see a huge growth in one corporate events. I mean, you guys are doing phenomenal things about corporate events and you're getting us out there 
when I can't get out there. And it's been, it's been a blessing to me personally, along with, you know, you guys are getting all my marketing stuff out there before that, that was me. Right. And adding the marketing to everything else that I was doing, it just, I didn't have time really. And so something had to be put on the back burner. 90% of the time it was the marketing or the Facebook or the website or anything like that. You know, mm -hmm. all that got put on the back burner. So for the next 12 to 18 months, I see a huge growth in Oakwood Bowl, four corporate events, birthday parties, different, just everything, community events, things like that. You know, where you guys have booked, like you see behind me, I've got a wrong side. I've got a fundraiser that, you know, that you guys actually helped book because you contacted her and she's like, Hey, mm -hmm. let's do a fundraiser, Sean. So, um, I think with fundraising and corporate events and birthday parties, you guys are going to help us tremendously. Now for the bowling industry as a whole, I think we're going to see some big changes. Um, just in our center alone, I can tell you that I hear, you know, leagues are too long. We don't want to bowl for 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. So I see a huge change in league play. You know, the, the amount of time that they're stuck in the facility for league yeah. uh, to be open. I see that, you know, if, if kids aren't put as number one when it comes to, you know, our business, that we're going to start losing bowlers like that. So... I also see is an in industry turning. We're going to have to go more into family fun center versus a traditional bowling center also, because traditional is, you know, people come out to have fun. Like we said, um, and traditionally bowling is fun for those of us that like to throw a ball down a lane, but you've got to add more to it, I think. Mm -hmm. So honestly, as bowling in a whole, I think we're just going to have to do, we're going to have to ride the wave. And that's one of the things that I think we need to understand is 20 years ago, bowling was completely different as it is now. Yeah. So in 20 years, it's going to be completely different from what you and I know of as bowling. Right. So we're just going to have to ride the wave, basically. Mm -hmm. That wave is going to treat us right or treat us wrong, depending on which side of the wave you want to ride. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a really accurate assessment. You know, the, the way it, I think it's going to be m more people who are bowling because we see a lot of people bowling, but just less competitively. I, I think it seems to be the way it's going where it's you're going to with the open play, you appeal to a lot more people. Maybe they don't do it as often, but that's where those other product lines come in where you can get them to spend more, even though they visit less frequently. Um, they're going to spend a lot more while they're there. Correct. Mm -hmm. And and I like it. That's that's exactly what I was trying to get by. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. The competitiveness of bowlers, it's still there, but it's slowly disappearing in some aspects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's just a factor of, of aging primarily. I, I think that they're still around. It's just there's there's less of them coming in as you know going out. My wife says that it is a commitment. It comes down yeah. to commitment. Can they commit to 35 weeks to bowl in a league every week or mm -hmm. is that a commitment that they know they can't do? And so their commitment is I'll be out once a week, you know, to bowl mm -hmm. once a month with my family. Right. Yeah. Or, or the, shorten the commitment, you know, they'll do an eight week commitment instead of a 36 week commitment. But a lot of times I find that they're willing to do two, eight or four eights back to back. But they just want to be able to have that commitment, to, the ability to say no, you know, just exactly. to opt out for one. Exactly. A lot of flexibility.
Cool. Awesome, Sean. Well, um, I know we are coming up to uh, to the end, and I know you're busy. You got plenty to do. I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been uh, a lot of fun. I really appreciate like your your insights, and um, you guys have a tremendous center. Like you, you know, you're poised for a lot of growth. You've built a, a, an amazing foundation. Um, if there's anyone who wants to learn more about maybe Clutch or some of the stuff you guys are doing, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, if they want to reach out to me, um, my email is uh, s e a n m eight twenty one at yahoo.com reach out to me there give me a phone number i'll reach out to you if i got a second and Mm -hmm. i'll be able to share insights and anything that they any type of questions that they have i'm more than happy to help i just had tom here from pineville missouri this last saturday looking at Mm. clutch he he made it out he did he actually really did he came out Mm -hmm. and looked we we toured the whole building we talked about you know the scholarship money that we raised for our youth bowlers we went into the pro shop and i mean we've done we did it all we literally were in every building every room of this building so they could you know ask questions yeah i, I can attest that i've sent a couple people to you to, to chat and you've always been very gracious and answer the questions or anything you could yes sir mm-hmm. i'm willing to help whoever i can because i want to see a i want to see an industry succeed i don't want to see an industry fail because at the end of the day mm-hmm. if they fail it looks bad on all of us so right mm-hmm. we want we all want to succeed all ships rise with it with the rising tide right correct follow that awesome. wave baby mm-hmm. cool well sean <laughs> Thank you thanks for- again yeah so much um i'm sure we'll be talk- talking again soon i really appreciate you coming on yes sir thank you mm-hmm.